0: This is Rev. John Faird again, and this is Lesson 12 of the Torah Study Series, The Gospel According to Moses, Exodus. Just as a piece of information for you, if you actually wanted to go to the website and find a specific lesson in the Exodus series, there's something simple you can do. Go to the website www. All one word, org. And menorah again is spelled M E N O R A H. So go to the website, www.lightamenorah.org. And when you get there, you'll see on the home page, off on the right hand side, a search window. And what you can do is type the word Exodus in that search window. Click it to find the search, and it will find you all the lessons in this Exodus series. Now, Then you'll have to slide down to find the lesson that you're looking for. What uh, Podbean does at the website is it it puts the latest podcast, the latest lesson, most current lesson, first. And the first lesson is going to be last in the list. You have to page down. You may get down to the bottom and still not find it you should see some words down there called uh, older episodes in light blue someplace at the bottom of the screen click on that it will take you to the next screen and etc until you find the lesson that you're looking for and that's a good way of starting over if you wanted to actually follow along with each lesson starting at lesson one Through lesson 12 and continuing you could do the same thing with Genesis with regards to the gospel according to Moses Genesis I have been teaching the book of Genesis we're now in our 35th lesson I believe some of you may say that I'd like to start over I would really like to begin at the beginning same thing type in the word Genesis in that search window it will take you to the complete list of all the lessons in Genesis And again, the latest one, the most current lesson, is on top right there. And you have to slide down to find the lesson that you're looking for or go to older episodes way at the bottom of the screen to keep on going back until if you were looking for Lesson 1 to get to Lesson 1. You can do that for any of the uh, series. You can type in Lord's Prayer and you can get all the lessons, podcasts on the Lord's Prayer. You could do that with Truth Nuggets a number of uh single podcasts on single topics you could do the same thing there or the archaeology of passover you can type in archaeology and then the word passover or archaeology pentecost which we're doing right now so that's just a uh an fyi with regards to finding other lessons or if you wanted to start at the beginning here with exodus so again This Bible study series focuses on the Bible in its historical context. And as we reconnect to that historical context, what happens, our understanding is enriched. Our understanding is is enhanced, expanded, and sometimes even changed. We're going to see this oh so amazingly here. Especially in this lesson in Exodus 12. So let's continue. We left off at Exodus chapter 4, verse 12. We're going to pick it up now in Exodus chapter 4, starting in verse 13. But he said, meaning Moses, Moses is talking now, but he said, Please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, Is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently. And moreover, behold, he's coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Moreover, you shall speak. He shall speak for you. To the people, and he will be as a mouth for you, and you will be as God to him. You shall take in your hand this staff with which you shall perform the signs. So we end there, verse 17. We'll continue on more later. So in previous lessons, in lesson 10 and 11, for instance, we talked about the objections of Moses. Some say there's three Uh, Some say there's five. I kind of think that there's five. But now it's clear. Right here in verse 13, what we read is that statement. And it's really not an objection. It's more of a statement. Moses saying, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. Moses wants no part of this. This is his, again, final objection or basically his final statement. Now, there are good reasons why Moses didn't want to do this. And as we take the Bible and put it into its historical context, there's a number of things that jump out. First, when we take a look at Moses and his experience as an adopted son of the daughter of Pharaoh, he saw the mightiest power the mightiest government, the might, the mightiest kingdom on the face of the earth, and the mightiest king. He grew up experiencing that in his court. And what is he today? He's a lowlife. He's a shepherd. Later on, we're going to see statements in the Torah that says the the, the Egyptians despised, hated shepherds. So now he's a lowlife. And on top of that, another second reason why you know we would understand why he didn't want to go, he, he's a wanted man. Back in Exodus chapter two, verse fifteen, as we recall, he murdered an Egyptian, and Moses is was sought out by Pharaoh so that they would capture him and he would be executed because it is a capital punishment for a non-Egyptian to execute an Egyptian. So you can't blame him. And on top of that, another third reason is he's still at the burning bush. And when we take a look at the previous lessons, as we take a look at the previous chapters and verses, Moses has no experience with God. The Hebrew word is yada, which is translated as know, but it means more than know. Again, Hebrew is conceptual, so it has a, a picture behind it. It has a concept behind it. The concept of yada is an experiential knowing. In other words, by experience, by living and experiencing God in your life, you come to know him. Moses didn't have that. Oh, with Egyptian gods, yes. But those Egyptian gods were a joke. They're man-made. There's no power. Moses is just a man. He's no Superman. We'd probably feel the same way. Think about it. I don't think we can blame him for him not wanting to go. But we recall another man he's very familiar to us he was faced with terrible torture and death let's take a look going to Luke 22 starting in verse 41 through 44 and he withdrew from them Jesus about a stone's throw and he knelt down and began to pray saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet my not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. Boy, do we remember that picture. Do we remember that event? Now with regards to sweating drops of blood, I'm going to go to the ESV study Bible. They have a comment on this. On uh, Matthew 22, verse 44. There are both ancient and modern accounts on record of people sweating blood. A condition known as, I hope I pronounce it correctly, hematidrosis where extreme anguish or physical stain strain causes one's capillary blood vessels to dilate and burst mixing sweat and blood so jesus could very well have experienced that condition and again he's just a man like moses he's god but he was a man he knew what was ahead of him he's God I don't think any of us can grasp what was going through Jesus the man going through his mind he suffered and experienced all things like we as men and women there's just another connection between Moses and the Redeemer. We've looked at this in Lesson 11. Oh, Here's another. Both men, chosen by God, by the Lord, both facing real danger. So, God is angry with Moses and he tells Moses that Aaron, his brother, is on his way. You say, huh? What's the deal? Is God engineering all this? Did God inspire Aaron to come to Midian? I don't think we'd be surprised. It's not unlike our Lord to have all the bases covered. And on top of that, what we're seeing, possibly here, is another attribute of God, that not only Moses experienced, but Jesus is shown to exhibit, and it comes all the way into our life. So in other words, Moses, he's not going to go alone, he's going to go with Aaron. They're going to go out two by two. The attributes of God, they don't change. Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord and I do not change. And Jesus is God. He doesn't send his disciples out alone. In Mark 6, chapter 6, verse 7, he sends them out two by two. Moses sent out with Aaron two by two, not alone. I wonder if God is giving us a hint as to what we should be doing even in our day as people are sent out to go make disciples. So an attribute of God that was true then and true today. Now Dennis Prager As many of you know, a very excellent scholar, intellect of our day, a man who has a deep faith in the God of the Bible, conservative talk show host, but also a man who's dedicated his life to teaching the Torah. So, I have Dennis Prager's book, Exodus, the Rational Bible. And Dennis has a fascinating view about Moses and his speech issue. It's very interesting. He says this, Moses is chosen for his moral greatness rather than for his charisma or eloquence. He is chosen not because he sounds good, but because he is good it does not matter to God that Moses does not speak well because he is in any event going to be a vehicle for God's words indeed perhaps God deliberately chooses a leader who does not speak well to show that the message is so much more important than the medium in our day the opposite is often the case the medium in Marshall McLuhan's famous words, is the message. Moses is a shepherd, hated by Egyptians, poor, powerless, he can't speak well, he's wanted for murder. He's nothing. And with a speech problem, he has no charisma. Imagine him walking in the courts of Pharaoh, he and Aaron. But once again, we go back to the Messiah. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. We'll be there someday. God said, I'm going to raise a prophet like you, Moses. Listen to him. And with regards to Raphael Pate in his book, The Messiah Test, we've taken it with texts, We have looked at this in previous lessons that in Judaism there is a connection between Moses as the first redeemer and he's a picture of the coming Messiah and the coming Messiah is going to be the ultimate redeemer. We talked about the mirror. The mirror of Moses and Moses the mirror of the Messiah. Jesus. Jesus, he's conceived out of wedlock. For those that lived in the Galilee at that time, they would know that. They probably know some of the events of Jesus' birth. He had no earthly father. He's just a workman, a blue-collar worker. There was no renowned rabbi that taught Jesus. Remember that? Where would you get your authority from? Meaning, who is your rabbi who taught you? And he, re- you remember, his authority comes from the Father in heaven. We take a look at Isaiah, chapter 53, verses 1 through 4. And again, reading from the New American Standard Bible. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him. Nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was a, he was despised and forsaken a man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves we yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Prager makes an excellent point. It's not the messenger; it's the message. Jesus, in the same way. I remember that statement that was made at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. I think it's yes, in Matthew seven, where the people were saying, "This man speaks," like, like our rabbis don't speak. He speaks with authority the message deeply affected them just like Israel tiny nation no power no influence backward but what does God do he chooses Israel to be a light to the nations to bring the salvation of God to the ends of the earth this is in Isaiah 42 6 and Isaiah 49 6 Isaiah, God's servant, God's servant will be a, a light to the nations. So the key here is the message. Bring God's message, his Yeshua, to the ends of the earth. So we'll end lesson 12 here at this verse, this concept. And we'll pick up, again, the amazing aspects of delving into God's Word and into its historical perspective. So God bless you. See you in Lesson 13. Shalom.